0: Hi there, folks, and welcome or welcome back to Nippon Trading International's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima, again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis of realestate.jp. He's a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families who are looking for the perfect family home. So, Emil's an Australian. He's been living here in Japan for over two decades now. And for about half of that time, he's been buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in Tokyo on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So, he's got dedicated loan officers in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts Panel sessions which means that you're already aware of the fact that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert drop him a line on sales at realestate.jp, hit him up today and start exploring your options. Okay, so for today's episode, uh, these are two back-to-back conversations that I've had last year with holiday home shoppers. The first, which is a video call, is with Joey Stockermans and Take Kurosawa, which if you're following our channels, you're probably already familiar with, they're the founders of Akiyamart, the exciting new platform that allows people to search for property listings in Japan, in English, using a responsive map interface. As I've mentioned in the first episode we published with them a month or so ago, they started off as our clients, and we've helped them purchase a house here in Japan. They were very quickly already on the lookout for a second property, and they wanted to pick my brain a bit about annual expenses, red flags, and other things that they should look out for when reviewing listings, as well as about renovations and repairs, uh, in-person and remote property viewings landscaping, maintenance, uh, connection to infrastructures like water, sewage, and so forth. And also about registering a car or a bicycle to use while they're in Japan, which isn't a very simple process for non-residents, but it is possible. Uh, also how we handle utility bills on owners' behalf, and most importantly, when we can get together for some drinks during their upcoming visit, which is now water under the bridge. We have already met, but they're hopefully going to be back here again in a month or two. So here's that first conversation, and I'll be right back after this one to give you a heads up on the next one in line. Okay, cool. So, um, first off, thank you for our uh, confidence in us. We um we do have a lot of customers who um become return customers, but I don't think we have had anyone who does that so quickly after settling on their first purchase. So we appreciate that.,
1: yeah, thank you for uh, helping us through our first purchase, looking forward to a second. Fantastic.
0: Okay. So this is still a holiday home, essentially. You've mentioned surf spots and such, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, So um, do you want me to send the link over again or down? I'll send it to our WhatsApp chat again, just to re-up it. But yeah, while we are going to Japan next week, so we'll be hopefully in Beppu actually in two weeks, early October, uh, we want to take the opportunity to go Further down south. Um, we're both big surfers, and specifically this one spot near Cape Toy in Koigauda, I think is an ideal escape. Um, it's, I think, relatively affordable and it, I know it's pretty uh empty around there, but I think that's what we're looking for, kind of just like a holiday surf home.
0: Okay, I can't remember the uh, build year on the one you've just purchased. This is, I'm assuming, a little bit young, younger or older. I can't remember. It's older, actually. Older. So older? older. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this
2: one's younger. This one's uh, 1982. Oh, so, yeah, 1982. Younger. I can see it here. I think the uh, the Bebou spot is
0: 1970. Seventy something. Yeah, that's what it's I. Seventy seven. Heard... Okay. Oh, close enough. Um, let me just have a quick look at the photo. So this one's bigger, isn't it? From the looks of it.
1: Yeah. So the our path though. is 91 meters squared with a total size of 100. Okay. Well, the first thing to
0: um, say is this is 1982, but it looks like a more traditional build um which normally would mean you you probably need more specialized professionals if and when you'll want to do renovations and repairs so just bear in mind that if if it's not something simple like tatami or, or like for example um see those let's go back to that photo that's interesting to hear it makes sense though. yeah so th- those kinds of um ceilings and those bigger um, the bigger sort of um support support beams and stuff like that do require um specialized professionals. So depending on the job, it could go as high as three, four times the um the normal, like a more modern build, renovations and repairs. So the um the kitchen, for example, look just like typical 70s, 80s kitchen, but some of the features in the house seem to be more um traditional. Um, Which is good. They do tend, like, yeah, like, see these here? That's That sort of thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. More, you know, traditional roof and such. So, again, they do tend to last longer than modern builds, but um, when they do need to be repaired or renovated, it does cost a bit more um, if it's any of those traditional features.
1: So, on that, I guess, fourth image, it says, like, you can look up a YouTube tour.
0: I've been looking. I
1: cannot find it. I'm not sure if you guys will have any better luck, but... um
0: Um, any
1: ideas around that
0: no it doesn't seem to be here does it um let me have a quick look maybe there's tabs sorry each of these websites have their own sort of format and also my kanji skills are non-existent so let me just try that for a sec um no uh maybe here probably oh no that just goes down to the same page doesn't it um maybe like the real estate yeah on the agent's website maybe um, yeah or their youtube channel I don't what know. was that hang on, hang on more yano real estate company information let's have a look here okay. Oh, no, that's just different properties oh no that mm. is yeah but no website is there um i'm not sure we'll have to contact the agent and find out where we can see um said video okay what about
1: right? description to have had a other, another question it's actually on well water um have you dealt with properties that use well waters i'm not too familiar with them
0: yeah it's something that you want to either a do regular water quality checks on or b connect to city water if available mm-hmm. um it's I know that a lot of people, we've just actually in the process of finalizing one of these purchases, and um, the agent mentioned, which I think is going to be the case a lot of the time with these sort of um, water supplies, is that a lot of people use that just for bathing and washing, um, but they actually get in bottled waters for drinking purposes.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Mm.
0: But I mean, well, it doesn't mean like a, a, you know, a pail and a chain, there'll be an Mm. actual... Yeah electric pump that you can use yeah. to water off it
1: well yeah so i think we've um i've actually been to this area the last time i went to japan so i feel pretty comfortable um just with like the surrounding things haven't been spec- we've like google maps it and stuff like that but we would love maybe to organize a look at it early october when we're in Kyushu.
0: Um yeah, we're happy to do that. Early October gives us not much time to start the scheduling. So we'll need to get on. How long are you here for? Yeah, we'll be there.
1: Uh, I'll be there till October twentieth. So ideally would be somewhere in the October 10 to 20 or 10 to 18 would be preferable. Is it do you okay. think that's too tight?
0: Um normally not but we do tell people to give us up to a month worst case if the agent for some reason is not very responsive or scheduling mm-hmm. takes a bit longer than usual but okay we should be doable that's that gives us almost a month to work with so should be okay i'm assuming
1: okay perfect um and
0: i think with the land um it's hard to see here um, what exactly it's bordering, but if it is, for example, those trees, if they're overhanging a neighbor's property or any of the public access roads, then you mm-hmm. will need to regularly maintain them. Um, I'm assuming weed doesn't look like it's going to be an issue, but if it, I mean, you also want to avoid overgrown weeds for uh, risks of vermin and so. Mm-hmm. Um so, again, just the bigger the bigger the land plot, the more landscaping maintenance you need to do. That's also something to bear in mind. If it's just a matter of um, right. occasional, um, let's say, once a month, some weeding and, and um, control of bushes and such, it's probably not going to be over 70, 80 bucks a month. But if there is tree work that needs to be regularly done, that can be a lot more. Got it. So as part of the either the video that they provide or a remote viewing that we'll conduct, we'll want to just um, confirm what exactly is bordering the property and what sort of vegetation on your land plot is bordering that. Hello? Have I lost you? Yep.
1: Nope, we're still here. Um, nope. is it, another question is uh, around operational costs and specifically property tax. Uh, I actually don't remember what our property tax up is up in Beppu, but is it, does it differ per prefecture or what does the property tax look like? It for, differs does... a
0: little bit per prefecture, but more so on the um, size of the land plot. So this one does okay. look like a larger land plot. I'm assuming also higher property tax, but that's, again, something that we'll get from the agent once we start the due diligence process or at least once we submit an offer and then we can of course pull back the offer if any of that information is less than satisfactory
1: i got it um I, I maybe we missed it before but do you, did we get that for our Bepu spot um if so we'd love to find well, that
0: out i we did get that in advance if we haven't mentioned it it's probably it's because it's nothing unexpected or too high but if you give me a okay. second i'll just have a quick look um at your file, Um, settlement statement should show. Oh, I thought I am I still sharing? Oh, that's okay. Um, your property tax on Befu is twenty-seven to ten annually, so about two hundred bucks. Okay.
1: Is that like a percentage? I get. I can. Do the math i guess that doesn't seem too bad
0: i mean we work it out as the percentage of the purchase cost but that's not how the formula works it's a lot more complicated than that and it's way over okay. my pay grade sorry
1: okay okay so roughly 27 one more time 27 27 to 10, 10 so pretty-
0: in your case okay. that's give me a second this divided by um 6.3 million yen and give me that in percentage. So in your case, it's about zero point forty three percent annually.
1: Okay, perfect. Um, and is that can that change significantly over time with city laws? Not or significantly,
0: pretty... unless it's central Tokyo or central Osaka or central Fukuoka places that you know go up in value okay. more rapidly. But definitely not in areas like that. It's probably going to be very similar every year.
1: Okay, perfect. Thank you. But I mean,
0: if you, you know, if you happen to push us in a place that suddenly becomes an international hotspot, then that could happen. Mm
1: -hmm. Fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good and bad, right?
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, I think for this uh, Koi Gaura spot, we're we're pretty uh, set. Uh, I guess if we're going to organize a viewing, there's actually one other unit down there that's not as nice as this one, but if it's not too much trouble, we'd love to take a peek at both at the same time.
0: Um. Well, if it's not from the same agents, now, nowadays with um, the mm-hmm. pandemic and a lot of the agents are used to working with Zoom and such because they didn't have a choice, we can get a lot mm-hmm. of them to do a remote viewing for us if you prefer okay. to save on the expense of us going mm-hmm. out there in person.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I think a remote viewing would be great. And um, also... Well, your, where is
0: this one again? Sorry. Your,
1: me and Joe are happy. Uh, oh, this sure. is in Koi or Cape Toy. Yeah. Um.
0: Where is Kushima? I don't think I've even heard the
1: name in my life. Far, far, far south, where there's there's oh. these like wild horses there. Far down,
0: Kushima, south Miyazaki. East. Yes. Oh, okay, still in Kyushu. Um. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's not going to be too crazy of an expense to send us down there. If it's in Kyushu, it's totally up to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Joey are open to going um does do you as a real estate agent need to be there or we're we're not a
0: real estate agent and no we don't need to physically be there but if you're going to do the viewings yourselves then the agent will probably want us to be available for interpretation so we'll
1: okay
0: you guys will kick off a zoom session and we'll just join in and and whenever there's a question to be asked if if you if you guys can't understand each other then we'll jump in and interpret
1: Okay. Perfect. That sounds, that sounds good. And it's good. always a good
0: know. idea to have us there as well, just because, you know, as you're walking through it and pointing the camera, we might just notice something that we want to ask some questions about, which might've slipped you.
1: Okay. Totally. Um, yeah. So I think that sounds good. Me and Joy will have a car, so we'll, we'll physically drive down there and we can probably zoom, zoom you in unless you want to come, come down. Uh, I know it's a little bit far from Fukuoka.
0: Uh, we're always happy to, but we do have to charge for trips outside Fukuoka City. So okay. it's totally up to you. Understood.
1: Um, yeah, so I'm going to send link one. Like so, there's that's there's that one property, but there's also this one that I think is a a second place. If in case that first one doesn't work, uh, they're both probably within three minutes of each other. That we would love to do a rem- remote viewing
0: if possible. Okay, let me have a quick look at that one and share the screen again
2: yeah they're both in the kushima city so
0: i think okay close. so same rough year of build um two-story this one
1: mm-hmm. it looks like it's probably the, it has the same oh, yeah, YouTube, like, i think it's the same yes. agent
0: yeah that's the same youtube comment there okay um that one looks a bit more modern build so probably less durable overall but repairs and renovations will cost less Mm -hmm. and the the yard definitely looks like it'll take less landscaping and maintenance compared to that other one that was a huge one right Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah okay less less photos and info on that one let me just quickly translate that now, if you've been following this podcast for a while, and in particular our rep sessions, you're probably more than familiar with Blanca Kobayashi of Arc Reform. They're a bilingual renovation company serving clients in the Kanagawa and Kanto area. So Tokyo, Chiba, Saitama, Kawasaki, Yokohama. They can handle simple, small scale projects as well as full house renovations, and they will work with you on the perfect design for your dream family home. But Not only homes, Reform also handle commercial property renovations, offices, restaurants, bars, shops, you name it, from traditional classics to the latest trends in interior design and renovations. So you want to email them for a free consultation and quote at info at arkreform.com. That's A-R-K-Reform, all one word, dot com. And give your home or commercial space the love and care that it deserves yeah, not really not really any ah oh, there we go. detached house close to the sea surf spot, okay, but no actual information on water supply no okay, so we'll just we'll just have to ask a few more questions okay. about this one, I think okay. Sounds good. I can't, see, I can't see as much detailed information as the previous one, probably because it's cheaper. than just not taking the effort, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, perfect. Yeah, those are two top contenders. Feel pretty strongly that they're yep. close enough to a great surf spot that they can be in okay condition or poor condition, and we could still be convinced.
0: Yep. I mean, you're picking beautiful spots. I'm not much of a surfer, but you're definitely picking okay. nice spots, um, ocean and river-wise. Miyazaki is beautiful. Yep.
1: Cool. Um, quick question. So we're getting a car. I remember we discussed this a little bit before. Um, but are do you provide services to help us buy and register a car or
0: uh, my other now, company does? My other company does, yeah. We're doing it for uh two clients at the moment, and we've already okay. helped one of them kind of half ish because he, he had a dealer, a local dealer who could help. So for that one, okay. we're just the contact person to receive and pay bills and so. But the other two we we're doing everything on their behalf, so um it's a new thing for us as well, but we're quickly picking up the um, picking mm-hmm. up the procedures. But every every municipality have their own pesky little regulations about which documents need to be submitted, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: most of them have never ever done that for a foreigner, so mm-hmm. uh, for a non resident foreigner at least. So it's always a case of. Um, us explaining to them that yes it is doable here's the na- national framework and here's how you get around the fact that people don't have a hanko and blah 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 so Mm-mm. it just depends on how stubborn they are at the local transport bureau
1: okay yeah i think that's something we're definitely interested in um i think joey will be in japan till the end of the year almost yeah uh, and i'll be okay. here and there so if that makes things easier to to just get a hanko or something and do it um would be awesome. Um if you before. can get a I
0: mean you can get a uh registered hanko without you can get one just you know as a souvenir kind of thing but you're not going to be mm-hmm. able to use on official documents if you're not a resident.
1: Got it. Okay. That's all done via um,
0: uh, notary public same as with the purchase. Okay. So Should we contact address certificate from city hall you get mm-hmm. a, a signature and address certificate done up in English with the Japanese address of the property. So you're not going to be able to do that before you actually purchase. That'll have to be after the purchase. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you will need to get a certified translation um, of that document into Japanese um, wherever you're doing it in Canada or the USA or whatever the case may be. Um, The other option is you can check with the Japanese consulate if they will allow you to come and have a document signed and witnessed that's written fully in Japanese, because I'm not sure if, I mean, they can physically do that, but if you, I'm not sure if they're allowed to, if you can't actually understand everything that's written in the original Japanese. So one of these two options, it might be a bit more of a hassle, but you will need maybe to get a certified Mm -hmm. translation of it.
1: Okay. uh,
2: Yeah, I think we're we're definitely interested in this. Should we contact you through this other company of yours or how should we, or should we wait till we're there in Japan in October?
0: give me a summary and those two listings and um just mention at the bottom that you also want to uh, purchase and register a car and then'll I'll just separate the two threads um one via each email address sounds great okay.
1: perfect uh Ziv, one more question I know you have a file for us and curious as far as utilities I know you mentioned this all way a while ago uh we did not take notes do you mind going through general utility prices you, you suspect for that thatbu spot so we have property tax utility like general electric and gas.
0: Um, so Stuff it depends like on depends on how often you're using it and obviously mm-hmm. during which season and also on how many people are staying um, at any mm-hmm. given time. I would say your internet is kind of fixed price. That's about 5,000 okay. a month. So what's okay. that? 45 yeah. US? No, it's, it's a lot lower now, isn't it? It's about 40 US. Mm-hmm. Um Gas, electric, and other utilities will probably be somewhere between um, 10,000 to 20,000 yen for months of usage, um, right. more so in the heat of summer and obviously mm-hmm. in the dead of winter kind of thing, mm-hmm. and maybe closer to the cheaper end of that scale um, on more temperate months. And when you're not using it, it's only, I think... One thousand yen to keep the uh, electric connection alive. The electric company doesn't like it if you disconnect and reconnect and disconnect and reconnect. So Mm -hmm. you just keep it alive for about ten bucks. Oh, eight bucks a month or one.
1: Okay, got it. Um, But
0: landscaping again, landscaping could be mm -hmm. a different consideration. That would depend on the on the layout of the uh, of the landscape of the garden.
1: Okay. Um, Perfect. Yeah, we're excited to go, and we're gonna try to make it a, a minimal garden. Try to make things. Uh, simple and uh, yeah, I, I know um, your team is helping us support maybe that gas line installation. Um,
0: yeah, that one ended you... up being complicated in your case okay. for some reason. I think they had to run the pipes to the house. It wasn't actually ever provided before, so that one is taking mm-hmm. a bit longer. Sorry about that. Okay,
1: nope, no problem. Yeah, um, cool. I think that answers a lot of my questions, Joey. If... Oh, actually, one more question: If we get a bike, I know you have to register bikes in Japan. Is that are we allowed to just go to a shop and buy a bike? Or is that Same something? Same story.
0: They'll, they'll want documentation for you to be able to register. Really? Yeah, but okay. I mean, bike as in push bike, you mean?
1: Yeah, just like a mama chari or kind of like...
0: Yeah, I just mean, the... an easier way to get around that would maybe be to hit the uh, Gaijin Facebook or Messenger groups and stuff like that, where okay. people are just selling secondhand stuff. But you'll still, I mean, if a cop pulls you over and they do sometimes pull bicycles over, they will want to see that it's registered. Oh, man. Yeah. OK, I've only been stopped so over once in my uh, 10 years here, but it does happen more so in the city than in the countryside, but still happens.
1: OK, so the proper way is to get like a translation of our our residents or something yeah. similar to that. Well,
0: once you have, have everything for the car, you'll definitely be able to reuse those documents for the bike as so. well.
1: OK, got it. Um, cool. Joey, any questions on your end? Um. No, I think that's good for me um ziv general timeline i know what we're in probably october so we're are we looking at probably sometime early winter for this Coigo to spot similar timelines to bep do you think
0: if it ends up being though one of those properties i would assume um i mean once we submit the offer maybe allow about two months maybe up to two and a half if you need a structural inspection again which i would probably recommend you do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so maybe more like towards the end of the year i think
1: okay yeah
0: oh actually and if we happen happen to run into the christmas season and it's not finalized yet then everything here that dies until the 10th of january or so
1: okay understood yeah i think uh if, if there's anything we can do when we're in person we're also happy to happy to sign stuff i don't know if that will help
0: no, it's it's just uh just the procedurals of okay. you know the viewing and then the offer and then the mm-hmm. inspection that just takes the time that it takes.
1: Okay, um, cool. And last piece, yeah, we would love to visit you in Fukuoka. Maybe grab get you a beer or, or dinner. Uh, yeah, we'll please, be there. Please. Again in October, Actually, Naomi-san so. just
0: walked in. She'll be happy to do, uh, meet you in person as well. I think it's okay. a Jory and Take. Um,
1: yeah, let's. I have I have never been to Fukuoka, so we're we're excited to. Well, hopefully, have a car and be able to drive there. It's not too far, so.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Let's make it towards the end of the working day and then we can go of grab course. a beer after that.
1: Okay. Perfect. That sounds good. Um, cool. So we'll follow up with an email with these two the Gaura or, the koi gaura, or um, what's what's the area called, I guess, on Google? Shima. Kushima. Kushima. Kushima yes. There we go. And then uh, we'll also ask about the car situation. Yeah, I would love to see what we can do and hopefully somebody get a cool car in Japan. Perfect. Sounds yeah. good. All right.
0: All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for your time. Right. Bye bye. Bye. All right. So, those were Take and Joey from Akia Mart, who are also home buyers themselves, of course. Now, this second conversation, also along the lines of the same topic, is an audio-only recording of a chat that I had with an Australian gentleman who's in the market for a holiday home as well, but this one specifically in Nagasaki City. And he wanted to ask about some of the same things, but also more specific topics like population trends and their potential effects on property prices, purchase costs versus sale costs maintenance expenses, earthquake-resistant building standards, and retrofitting options for older homes that don't comply with those, as well as about renovation costs, the advantages and disadvantages of owning houses as opposed to condo units, and also about how to work with Japanese realtors generally, how to find listings, create relationships, and a few other tidbits. So enjoy this conversation as well, and I'll see you again one last time on the other side. Okay, cool, so I was scrolling down through your email there um, just to refresh my non-existent memory. You've mentioned Nagasaki and you are asking about, give me a second, um, is it a bad idea to purchase in Nagasaki due to population decline? but that depends on what you're purchasing for. If it's a holiday home and this is where you want to be because this is where you like to go on holiday, then it's not really a factor. Mm-hmm. Nagasaki is a city, so it's not going to lose infrastructure in the next 5 or 10 years or anything of that sort. Yeah. Um, if you ever want to rent it out, then yes, declining population in a city does mean a declining tenant base as well, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how about property values? Um, you know, say at some point we eventually want to sell... something we purchase and, you know, I know it's hard to determine, you know, really predict.
0: Um, Nagasaki has not done amazingly well property value wise, which also means that properties are cheaper there. So there's the silver lining to that. But um, generally speaking, locations in Japan that don't gain in value, which is mainly only the bigger metropolitan centers or, you know, some international hotspots like Niseko or what, but um, Tokyo, Osaka, Fukuoka, Kyoto, um, and very close big cities like Yokohama, Kobe, um, Chiba, Saitama, do tend to rise in value when the economy does overall, and the rest of them tend to stay very flat. Uh Specifically to Nagasaki, depends on the house that you're purchasing, so if you're buying something. Basically, the only thing that can gain value in Japan is the land, obviously, not the structure, right? So, if you're buying something that's already fully depreciated and is not really considered a price factor, for example, if the house is over 25 years old, then you're really only buying the land, right? The, the cost of the structure is not really even factored in when they, when, they, um, when they price the listing. So, it's probably not going to lose much value, but I doubt it'll gain anything. So, most of mm-hmm. our customers who have resold properties have either sold at a similar price or with slight gains or slight losses. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's
2: fine. I'm, I'm just worried about No it. huge
0: leaps and bounds for sure, but um, yeah, depends on when you sell it too. I mean, I guess if you sell it in 20 years and Nagasaki is completely, completely emptied out by then, then maybe that's a concern, <laughs> but... Um, generally, I'd say you'd probably sell it for about the same price. About the
2: same? Price. Okay, so yeah. it's, not, it's not tanking not, tanking.
0: Yeah. Like that. Um, is the area oh, then, especially... Then- sorry, go ahead. We interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo, and they offer a home-away-from-home home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, if that's still a thing, or if you just need somewhere quiet to get away from the world. They offer a variety of options for families, corporate relocations, or even if you're simply transitioning between homes in Tokyo. The properties are super comfortable, tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities, and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. They come with fast, unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces, and fully equipped kitchens. And they're just a delight to stay in. Fantastic alternative to Japanese business hotels, which if you've ever stayed in one, you probably know. They're tiny, they're noisy, fine for a night or two if you're on your own. But longer term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly in a Japanese business hotel. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home, with comfortable Western beds, including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, etc. You definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku, or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you want to tweak for higher profit, or a holiday home that you want to rent out when you're not using it via short-term stays, drop them a line today. See how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com. Well worth a visit. And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emil's your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at sales at realestate.jp. And now, back to the podcast.
2: And uh, a question that I I didn't have on there, um, you know, what is the process of reselling, you know, being a seller? Is it a difficult process or... Um,
0: Japan's generally a very liquid market, especially at these um, more affordable price levels. Again, if you're buying a brand new development, then um, obviously you can also stand to gain and uh, to lose value. But if you're buying something that's already old and, you know, at least slightly dilapidated uh, by the time you sell, um, we haven't had a property stand on the market when a customer wants to sell it for more than a few months. It tends to be a very active market, but depending on location, I mean, if it's very suburban Nagasaki, then, yeah, it might take longer. But if Mm -hmm. it's priced right, I would assume not longer than six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm just guessing. You know, I'm
2: kind of familiar with from the podcast and the cost of the, on the buyer's on the buyer end, but what are the costs on the seller's end? Is it as much? I mean... Not no, exactly. it's less.
0: It's less. So it's less. Okay. The, okay. the legal and registration fees and the purchase tax are obviously only relevant... Sorry, not obviously. The purchase tax is obviously only relevant to the buyer. The legal and registration fees in Japan are also paid by the buyer, so the seller doesn't need to take that into account. So that means that if we happen to find... Uh, An existing client of ours who wants the property, then you're just gonna need to pay us, which is gonna be, depending on the price of the property, three to five percent. If we don't have any clients interested, which I'm guessing with a kind of family home in Nagasaki might be the case, then you also need to pay the agent fee, which is again somewhere between three and a half to five and a half percent. So overall for a sale it'll be somewhere between let's call it four to ten percent. And for the purchase, because of the purchase tax and the legal and registration fees, uh, if you're using somebody like us as a go-between, then if the property is not super, super, super cheap, probably not more than 20%. Are you looking at, at newer builds, older builds? What sort of properties are you looking at?
2: I mean, it seems like, you know, just on a brief search, you know, I, I don't know if you saw the side that we're looking for. You know, I'm looking for something that would fit, you know, six to seven, two adults and four to five children, you know, some teenagers, and relatively comfortably for about a month. So I feel like, you know, four bedrooms, a hundred square meters, maybe. It's kind of
0: a typical um, Japanese family, huh?
2: Yes, yes. So, but, but, but how so old? I didn't really see anything new. I, I mean, I, is there anything new? I didn't really see anything new. It looked, everything looked very old. So, And there would be, that,
0: but it depends on what your budget is.
2: Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's true. Mm. And also, you know, location, we, we'd want to be relatively central. You know, it doesn't have to be in the city, but, you know, relatively close to a, a trend line. And, uh, you know, if we're staying for a month, we'd want to be close to maybe some amenities like supermarkets.
0: But okay uh, well I see that you wrote now I'm looking down I see that you wrote there um, based on your size requirements and budget looks like you're looking at older house 40 to 50 years old is very old houses in Japan they're not really built to last that long so you can definitely expect um, I, I mean I understand that budget is a concern but just mm-hmm. bear in mind that with that age home you're looking at an average of something like 3-4 thousand bucks a year uh, US I, a I year know. in annual maintenance and repairs mm-hmm. and, the, and that's it's just a statistic, so you'll have like five years where you don't have to repair anything, but then the roof goes for 20000 or whatever the case may be. But on average, maybe three, 4000 bucks a year. So just factor that into your considerations when you're deciding on that mm-hmm. budget.
2: And then, so that's for a house also. And, and then so for a 20-year-old house, you know, obviously the, the, um, yearly, the yearly costs are less.
0: Yeah, so for the houses usually start requiring maintenance when they hit that twenty twenty five year mark, and then it's probably going to be an average of something like two to three thousand bucks a year, um, maybe on the lower end of that because it's just starting to get to that point where it needs maintenance if it's twenty years old. Um, but again, that's that's an average. So you could buy it and not have to do anything for ten years, or you could buy it and as as part of the purchase, we'd probably also advise that you do a uh, structural inspection. Just to make sure that there are no major repairs that need to be done, and assuming none of those need to be done, then yeah, maybe two, three thousand bucks a year on average if it's younger up until it reaches about 35, 40 years old.
2: And generally, I'm, I know it's you know again probably hard to hard to know, but you know what type of renovations need to be done these type of houses, you know, um, versus,
0: Well, you need your termite protection every 5 or 6 years from memory. Um, that's about a uh, 600 up to $1000 depending on the size of the house um and then the main things are usually roo- again assuming there's no major issues found out during the inspection so for example if the roof is completely shot or the house is tilting or sinking or we see termite tracks which might mean there's more structural damage that we can see putting those aside it'll normally be um spot kind of roof repairs um if the house is elevated on a a set of stairs or like there's a concrete wall um, kind of holding it together and the street level is a bit lower then you also need to maintain that wall and around 30-40 years is when you'll probably need to start fixing some holes in it and so forth Um, otherwise I mean plumbing, wiring the same sort of things you'd expect anywhere else Mm -hmm. Um, and if there's any weather or earthquake damages then of course that can add to that
2: I mean, do they do, you know, I know you had mentioned that there was, at a certain, uh, 1989, you
0: know, the earthquake. uh, That's more for reinforced concrete um, structures. So the latest earthquake resistant building standards were introduced for wooden houses, I think, in around 2000. Okay. Um, But that was referring mostly to um, wooden houses requiring a concrete base, which is not something you can really retrofit. So, in case of a wooden house, that's probably not as huge a consideration. It more refers to concrete blocks. Okay,
2: but is there any retrofitting that needs to be done with a certain age of a house?
0: Um, sort of not standards. not from a structural perspective, but um, you would probably want to put in double pane windows, you probably want to upgrade the bathroom, the kitchen, the toilet, yes. um, you might be on septic tank or even the prelude to that which is called kumitori, which is just like a huge collection tank under the house. You might want to change from that to a normal sewage toilet. Um, you might want to connect to city water in case it's still on the old school well water kind of arrangement. Um, and how do you determine
2: the types of repairs that might need to be done? I like guess that. So the you- as
0: far as facilities and infrastructures are concerned, the seller and the listing agent will of course need to let you know um, what it's what sort of facilities are available and which ones are not. So we'll know that based on the listing details, or if it's not listed in the listing itself, it's the kind of information we'll immediately get from the listing agent once okay. we start making inquiries. Beyond that, it's, even if they tell us that they don't know of any issues, we would still recommend a structural inspection because they might just not know. Okay.
2: So you kind of, based on that information, we can generally determine how much more money would need to be put in?
0: Well, specifically high roughly I mean we have ranges <laughs> we have ranges mm-hmm. that we can let you know and we more from our perspective it's more a case of whether we're gonna red light uh, raise a red flag and say don't go ahead with this deal because that looks like a severe issue more than an actual mm-hmm. case of mm-hmm. estimating but I can tell you that for example a roof is somewhere between two to three million yen um, Putting in double-glazed windows um, for most homes is normally going to be about 10,000 U.S. Um, So we have, again, we have rough ranges. I can tell you how much it costs to install a bathroom, to install a toilet, to install a kitchen, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then flooring, interior, I mean, it's more a cosmetic sort of convenience kind of thing. So that will be up to you. Um, Tatamis, no tatamis. um, Tatamis cost about... Depending on the, on the type, but somewhere between $600 to $1,000 for a standard-sized room of six tatamis, and so on and so forth. So, depending on the condition of the house, what we see in the viewing, what we find in the inspection, we'll be able to give you some ranges and advise whether it's a good idea to go ahead or not.
2: And, I mean, we're not, we're not in, based on sort of our size desire, we're not in, the, in any kind of a range for an apartment yet,
0: Correct? Um, how do you mean? Sorry, apartments are always I mean, an option. There are,
2: are there apartments that large? You
0: know. Um, there are, but they're rare in Japan. Normally, even a family-sized yeah. apartment in Japan is going to be at most eighty, ninety square meters. Beyond that, it's kind of classified as a luxury apartment here. So mm. they they are out there, but whether they'll fit in your budget, I'm not sure. What 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 was your budget? Did we did we discuss that? I'm I not... mean, about.
2: About a hundred thousand, you know, plus purchase cost um, You know, it's flexible, but and,
0: know, and what's the minimum size that you can live with?
2: Maybe eighty square meters might be okay.
0: Um then there could, <laughs> so we, don't,
2: we don't want to be uncomfortable for that too long,
0: you know. There, there <laughs> I could be some hard options hard. out there as long as you're not um, as long as you can live without the um the garden or the yard, which is what usually people go for with a yeah, house. For no, I think
2: you know, I think it's more of a living space, and you know, you know, we have some younger kids, and
0: older kids. Yeah. Well, we can have a look for both. There, there definitely yeah, might be think, some options. I yeah. think. I mean, I
2: think I would be really open to apartments, but it just didn't look like there was much. Available. If you are, it'll Not save you
0: a lot on maintenance costs. Apartments oh, and concrete okay. concrete buildings are a lot. I mean. You're paying the building monthly fees but that takes care of all structural repairs and renovations in the vast majority of cases so there's definitely a lot less um, uh, I mean with, with wooden structures it's always um, it can be seasonal it can be weather dependent it can be just a matter of luck whereas with apartments you know what you're paying every month and that's kind of I mean it, the building fees rise slightly every few years but it's still a very foreseeable kind of stable expense as opposed to yeah just you know unexpected stuff happening so we would advise that if you can live with that okay
2: Okay. yeah I mean I'm open to it but it doesn't
0: give you apartments don't give you the flexibility that you have with houses so with houses you could potentially rent them out short term you could potentially tear them down make a parking lot there rent them out as commercial spaces if you ever don't want to use the property just yourself Mm -hmm. and you just have more options if you own the entire structure I see And then you were asking if there are any English-speaking agents in Nagasaki that you can work with. I, we've never worked with one, but I assume most medium, semi-large cities would have at least one or two. I know Nagasaki specifically does have a lot of um, 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 expats, like mainly Indian Bangladeshi engineers who work for Mitsubishi Heavy Industries. They've got a big presence there, so I'm assuming there's at least one agent or two that you can work directly with um i mean you can start just google it just google real estate agent nagasaki see if anything comes up in english and then if you do find someone and you see that you can communicate with them then you can just bring us on as consultants to hold your hand as opposed to facilitating the entire purchase it's a lot cheaper
2: yeah i mean you know i was just i know you had definitely in the tokyo area not like you have connections i just was if to you- you
0: know, anybody specific I mean, recently, I think, yeah. in the last five, six years, a lot more Japanese agents have, and also with the advent of, you know, translation apps, there are a lot of them that try to work with foreigners, um, but still, we often get contacted them, you know, half through the process, halfway through the process, they recognize that, ooh, there's too much lost in translation, and they get concerned that there's going to be mistakes or misunderstandings, and then actually the agent's will find us and contact us and ask if we can facilitate the purchase. So, it's hit and miss. Each city would have... The the bigger the city, obviously, the easier it would be to work directly with agents. Mm Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's reasonable. And we could always
2: fall back and do, you know, if we
0: need to go to that. Yeah, we're always happy with that. And then lastly, we're asking um, to use the property as a monthly rental, not Minpaku. So... There's no legal limitations on monthly rentals. They're considered a normal rental because they're done for a period of at least one month and with an actual tenancy lease in place. And that can be just like a single page, simple tenancy lease that satisfies the requirement. But the issue then would be, um, are there monthly man- monthly rental management companies that can actually handle the property? So normal property managers for long-term rentals exist in every city. Um Monthly and Minpaku depends on the city the bigger it is the more likely there is going to be someone to work with Nagasaki I would assume would be challenging but we can look into that
2: <laughs> okay. okay so but you, there's not that, the whole uh, certification you know, the whole Minpaku certification no stuff.
0: hoops to jump through No, it's just a matter of whether there's somebody who can actually do it whether there's
2: somebody there that, yeah. that can actually do the rental for correct you. I yeah. mean you know that's just
0: there. I mean you always have the option to do it via your own channels right like set up some kind of online presence advertise in English and then um, you can figure out a way to charge people but we won't be able to do it for you if it's not via a normal Japanese property manager so you will have to manage the whole thing on your own it's doable you can install like um, you know like electronic uh, remote remotely controlled uh, locks where you can change the code and uh, We can just organize a cleaning and maintenance company for you, so we can do that. But the actual handling the check-ins and check-outs and dealing with guests and bookings and charges, we won't be able to do if it's not via a property manager. I mean, if we
2: were able to rent it out to friends or acquaintances, that seems like something that might be doable.
0: Yeah, if you can handle everything on your end and then they just come there and they're already good to go, then we can just handle the cleaning when it needs to be done and that's it. Now, here's some big news for anyone interested in akia, the abandoned vacant homes that are abundant all around Japan for very attractive purchase prices. Akia Mart, our latest sponsor, is a recently founded online search and discovery tool for Japanese real estate. Its user interface will be very familiar to users of Zillow or Redfin. The platform essentially scouts the internet for property listings, translates them into English, and displays prices in US dollars. All in one place and with a dynamic map interface that makes browsing, finding, and shortlisting your favorite properties a piece of cake. Which any of you have been struggling with the dozens if not hundreds of Japanese property websites that are available online and their very clunky interface will probably find a real blessing. They've got already over half a million listings on the platform and the database is expanding daily. Ranging from abandoned rural homes to luxury urban properties, Mart makes it easy to find your dream home in Japan, regardless of your budget. Now, while the platform is essentially free for use, here's an exclusive offer for listeners of the podcast. You can use the promo code NTI to receive $5 off Mart Pro. The subscription will unlock a bunch of very attractive features for you, including unrestricted access to the entire nationwide property database and a whole range of filters, which will help power charge your search for that elusive perfect home and make it even easier. So hop over to akia-mart.com, that's A-K-I-Y-A-M-A-R-T, akia-mart.com, and kick off your search today.
2: Okay, um, I had one question about, you know, anything specific in terms of natural disasters. I know it's sort of a hilly area, Nagasaki, landslides,
0: or something um, like that, 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 you're, that you're aware of, General. I'm not, I haven't heard, I know they were hit by similar typhoons, I've got a few friends living there, and at the same time that we get hit with typhoons here in Fukuoka, they tend to be in the same boat kind of thing. But earthquake-wise, I haven't... Masami-san, do you know if they're Nagasaki's? No idea. Um, I'm just looking now. Uh, two months ago, I see a 4.4. 4. One month ago, a 4.9. Yeah, so a bit more than Fukuoka, it looks like. Um, I haven't heard of any major disasters there, though, so... There's a volcano
2: in Simapara. Ah, uh, yes.
0: Yeah. There's a volcano nearby, but Nagasaki City itself, um, Masami-san here is telling me, um, is probably okay. Mm. Okay. I'm just looking. Just g- give me another second. Yeah, All of the earthquakes that I'm seeing here, um, history-wise, seem to be under five... Oh, yeah... The biggest one was back in 1922, that was a 6.6. That's kind of a big one, nothing like that since then. Um, earthquake caused by volcanic activity of Mount Unzen in the Shimabara Peninsula killed 15,000 people altogether. And that was... just trying to find out when that was. I think that's the uh, maybe the 1922 again. Hang on, give me a sec. Nineteen? Oh, no, 1792. So, 1792, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at the... I found a wiki page with all of the recent ones. Oh, no, that's all of Japan. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Ignore that. No, so no no instances of major earthquakes that I can see yeah. since 1922.
2: Oh, I, mean, I, I, I think more just related to the, sort of the topography, you know, how there's a lot of hills. I don't know if there's any specific... Landslide risk or you
0: know, though. So landslides are a lot more um, specific location wise. So there's going to be a certain street, a certain neighborhood that's in a landslide mm-hmm. prone area. They got okay. yellow zones, red zones. So again, each and every property listing that we look at, the agent and the seller will need to let us know if it's within that oh, zone. I see. And then so we'll we confirm that via documents before settlement. Oh okay, so
2: that's something that's mapped out. maybe. That yes. Would.
0: But I mean over time, and especially with global warming, that can change. A yellow zone can turn into a red zone.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, one other question. Um, the Is there, you know, in some of these older houses, these older um, wooden houses, how do people get internet access? Is it, because uh, I do require more reliable internet
0: access. and these yeah. days what most of our custom, what we get from most of our customers pardon me is a, what's called a WiMAX so it's a wireless cellular um, internet provision but it's the the modem and the infrastructures are such that it's, it's a very high speed it's actually a lot faster than the cable and fiber optic uh, infrastructures uh-huh. that they have here and those modems are also two other advantages is number one they're already 5G enabled so then when that becomes a thing you'll already have the device for it and secondly, because they're cellular, um, they're a big box, you wouldn't carry it in your bag, and they require a power outlet, but you can take them with you to a new house if and when you move. So there's no added installations required, and also you don't need to be there for a technician to install it. You just get the box, plug it in, and it works. Whether well, What the infrastructure like is, is like in Nagasaki, I don't know specifically, but most big to medium cities in Japan have pretty good speed so that would normally not be an issue okay okay good. yeah i was just wondering
2: you know <laughs> do they have cables and these houses that can
0: support you, know, you can some some people still do that but we again we advise um, yeah. that the price is similar enough that we just prefer to recommend that one to our customers it just makes everything okay. a lot easier
2: and that's comparable to the
0: cable or to cable or fiber which is what is normally fiber, used yeah. uh, that that's the the latest one before that one came out and the, the speeds are very com- actually faster with the WiMax. Oh, okay. I okay. think um, I think last time we compared it was uh, sorry, I always I always forget if it's GBPS or PPBS, I don't remember, but it was um, it was 4 for the WiMax whereas the fiber only offered up to 1. Okay. But of course that's always on a best effort basis. It's only the max speed that they let you know and what what the um, what the reception or what the um, load is on the day can change.
2: <laughs> okay, so just in general, I don't know if you saw. You know, we were, we sort of had a long term kind of plan. You know, we haven't actually been to Nagasaki but we kind of really like the, the cultural aspects of it, and the location, and uh, but we did. You know, ideally we would want to go there and sort of. Check it out a little bit beforehand, see what neighborhoods you like, and that would that would be next summer. But you know, I thought, why not sort of get all the information beforehand, and even you know, keep an eye on listings beforehand, you know, in case something might actually come up that we would really want, even without being able to see it beforehand. So I mean.
0: Um, we're we're happy that? to get started whenever you want. Whether it's just to look at stuff or to pull the trigger, is entirely up to you. Um, we can. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you said that you research on your own, and normally with holiday home shoppers, the best idea is for you to research on your own because uh-huh. you're going to be the best filter. You can look at the listing and say whether the um, the photos and the location tick all your boxes or not. Um, yeah. we're always happy to complement with our own research or we can do the entire research for you. But before we're engaged, we're limited to just a couple of hours of complementary research. So once you want us to go deeper with anything, we will need to be engaged.
2: Okay. And is it, is it correct that real estate agents in the area have sort of properties that come out quickly and need to be snatched up quickly? Or, um, or what we find on the Internet is generally what is there, or something somewhere in
0: between? (laughs) If it's a very good deal, it might. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. if it's very central, um, or if the house is relatively new, let's say younger than 20 years, um, or both, then that could definitely be the case. But most of them... I mean, Nagasaki is a a metropolitan center. It's Mm -hmm. not exactly uh, out in the sticks. So I would assume they don't stay on the market as long as some of the more rural areas do. But Usually, you'd have at least two, three months before it gets snatched. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, so that, is there that really varies to work,
2: um, with a real estate agent who would sort of see or do they do that? Do they sort of send you recommendations or things
0: like that or? Um, once you've established a relationship with them and they they see that you're a serious buyer, then they will, mm-hmm. but definitely not within first contact, you'll have to first poke them a little bit and ask them to send you updated listings and then explain that thank you for the listings it's very kind of you however those don't exactly fit our criteria because of a b c d could you fine-tune the search and then then they will i mean depends on the agents. some of them are just lazy and won't but many of them will if you do strike a good relationship with them yeah okay okay uh- definitely from our perspective when we're the ones in contact with them and you know we do all the proper things that they're expecting kind of thing then yes then we definitely we definitely can say yes okay we have a customer who's looking for this and this and that can you please send us listing that as they become available so for us it happens probably a bit more frequently than for let's say if an agent is being contacted by a foreigner who lives overseas and says that he's interested in property, they'll need to see that you're really interested and not just a tire kicker before they'll do that.
2: Yeah, okay. And what is, I mean, is it even worthwhile to be looking at listings now? and you know, I don't know, is it a waste of time at this point? You know, say, nine months in advance.
0: Well, you're saying you have been looking, right?
2: It's sort of just on and off. You know, every few weeks I'll kind of pop things up. But, you know, I don't even know if I'm looking the right places to be honest.
0: Um, well, I'll, I'll send you a list of the major MLS websites that we normally work with for this kind of thing um, just see if there's anything that you've missed or any, you know, any particular website that has more Nagasaki um, selections available than another. But otherwise, I'd say just you know, keep on doing what you've been doing and if and when the time draws nearer, maybe give us like two, three months heads up before you arrive. And then we'll start lining up some actual listings that it would be feasible for a viewing. So that, let's say, hopefully, by the time we're two three weeks ahead of your visit, we'll already be able to schedule viewings for you. OK. OK.
1: Let
2: um, me think if there's anything else. No, this has been very helpful. Um,
0: so how, how we work and all of that, you've read in our document, right? You've got a rough idea of the processes and timeframes and costs and all of that.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Let's
2: see if I have questions. Um, no, I think that's about it. Um, I mean, do you think it would be worth getting a little bit of research from you just to get an idea of what generally is out there? Um,
0: Yeah, for sure. Like I said, we're happy to put in a couple of hours of just complimentary research for you. So if you reply to our last correspondence just reminding me that you want us to do that for you, I'll I'll put our marketing lady on it.
1: Okay, great,
2: yeah. Just to see, you know, if I'm even (laughs) thinking about the right things or or what you know what somebody with a little more experience has, uh,
0: has in mind. For yeah, so for sure. Is, so we'll do that. Understand. And then also remind me in that same email to send you that list of websites so that you can maybe expand your search on your own as well. Okay, great. Fantastic. I'll wait, uh, wait to hear from you. Okay, thanks so much, Liz. My pleasure. Thanks for your time. Mm-hmm. Have a good day. You too. All right. So yes, as promised, a couple of nice Q&A sessions around the topic of purchasing a secondhand holiday home in Japan. Hope you found some value in our little chats, as always. Now, before we go, we're also, as always, going to tell you and also link to our other sponsor's website. That's Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. If you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis or you're already in Japan on some sort of a temporary visa and you want to switch to a longer-term or permanent one, Or if you're considering setting up a local company or a branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiries, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com, and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics, And he's already done that for many of our listeners. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section or wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time, and until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoroshiku!